Hey, the Angels go 6-3 and three on the homestand, and now we're wondering, where does this team stand? Let's talk about it. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SiriusXM by searching Locked On Angels. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. Thank you to those that have done that recently, giving us five stars. Super Halo Mom and Dad appreciate that, and so do we. And those watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed. We're climbing to 6,000 subscribers soon, Johnny, so that's exciting. And make sure that you also click that bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Thanks for being here for this episode of Lockdown Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, aka the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Hey, Lockdown Everydayers, we know that you're here every Monday through Friday hanging out with the Halo Bros, and we appreciate that and want to let you know we're going to be recapping every game against the Tigers this week. The Angels do have an off day today because they're traveling to Detroit. So tune in and we'll get you up to date on everything that happens during these pivotal series. We have a pivotal series against the Tigers, Mike. I never Every thought that that would, be a, <laughs> that would be a thing. Uh, but listen, uh, we're looking forward to that series. Hopefully the Angels can go out there and, and get some wins there. Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about this past weekend against the Pirates. They took two out of three. Mike, I think they had a chance to take all three. They yep. kind of got in their own way through the whole series, to be honest. And while they did come away with two or three, we're going to talk about the good and then talk about the not so good. So let's get into Friday's game where the Angels won eight to five. That was the good, right? Otani had a great start. And I say great with quotation marks because it wasn't Otani-esque. Like we we expect Otani to be our ace. And the only ace-like quality he had in this game was that he kept pressing through. He kept pushing mm-hmm. through, which is what you want your ace to do. I watched uh, the Yankees and Royals because I was interested in that series because I wanted to see the Royals beat the Yankees. But Garrett Cole was on the mound and it was a two to one game. He ended up giving up an RBI single and got into some trouble, but he pushed through. And then mm-hmm. the next inning, he got into some trouble, but he pushed through. So high five to Shohei for doing that because that's what an ace does. That's the Jared Weaver. That's the Bartolo Colon. That's what we need on this team, right? Yeah, it, a lot of it came via the home run. It was four home runs. That was a career high. Yeah. And two were from uh, from Davis, from the Pirates, who yes. like, yeah, was a number one pick, I believe, for the yeah. Pirates a few years ago. Who's a catcher uh-huh. playing right field, by the way, which yeah. I, I, I love that. But, um, I, you know, it's good that the Pirates have some young up-and-coming guys. They did take full advantage of us this weekend. Uh, yeah. Shohei, Shohei, Johnny, he he struggled. And he gave up four home runs in this game. He did have nine strikeouts, uh, gave up five runs, and did get the win, which is always always a benefit. But we discussed this on a show a, a few weeks ago, a few days ago, actually. And, and we discussed, what do we need more? Do we need more of Shohei the hitter, or do we need more of Shohei the pitcher? And you mm-hmm. and I said Shohei the pitcher because this offense has been able to come through. This offense has been able to score some runs outside of that game on Saturday. They've been averaging seven runs a game. Yeah. What we need is we need good starting pitching. And we came into this series with really good starting pitching, a lot of momentum, but Shohei just wasn't at his best in this game. And if the angels are going to do anything, if the angels are going to go to the playoffs, if they're going to be buyers at the deadline, Shohei's got to be at his best, right? Definitely, and and you're right. Like we need Shohei to be the ace of the staff because, Mike, while while our young guys have made so much progress, we we've seen Reed Detmers do really well over the last month. We've seen 
Patrick Sandoval have a great outing last week. Um, Griffin Canning has been way better than I think any of us expected him to be. I mean, everybody's had their clunkers. Everybody's had their stinkers. But I got to thinking about it today, and the Angels, there's not anybody I would trust to lead this rotation right now other than Shohei Otani. And it's why, for example, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but they're moving his start back so that he can get a little bit more rest and pitch against the Blue Jays on Friday because it's a much more important game. It's a much more meaningful game. And while I do think that there is bright futures for our starting rotation, I just don't trust them with that ace level mentality right now. Future's not today, right? Yeah, (laughs) and obviously that comes with, you know, experience, that comes with growth, and that comes with maturity. I honestly could see Reed Detmers being the ace of the staff in the future for sure. Like he's he's your opening day starter at at some point. But right now, it's just really important for Shohei Otani to be the Otani that he is on the mound. Now, Rhett Bollinger did tweet afterward that it, you know, never crossed his mind that it could have been his last start as an angel at the big A. Uh, he thinks that the Angels are still in contention. He hasn't talked to the front office about his extension or trade status recently. And then Jeff Fletcher mentioned that Phil Nevin said that Otani's finger wasn't an issue that night. He just left some pitches up. Nevin said he might be fatigued from running the bases so much. And and that's true. Like he was certainly a big part of how much yep. the Angels scored in this one. So again, I, I think, like you said, an ace will push through, push through, push through. The fact that he gave six and a third, even though he clearly wasn't having his best night, I think is super crucial because we know how getting deep into a game for our starters is really important, and especially on the bullpen and the pressure that takes off the pen for Otani to be able to go six and a third in this one like he did. Yeah, a couple of highlights from this game offensively. In the bottom of the fourth, uh, Otani got a walk, and then Moniak extended his hitting streak with an RBI double, and he did that actually all weekend long. Mm-hmm. And then Ward walked, and then Moose hits a three-run bomb off the slider. I tweeted, Tim, all is forgiven, Moose. <laughs> yeah, Tim Salmon actually called it from the booth. He said, maybe this veteran can trick this pitcher into giving him something over the heart of the zone. And as soon as he threw it, Tim Salmon went, there it is. Yeah. Moose crush the ball. Johnny, how about Mike Moustakis? He has done for the Angels in the time that he has played with us now by the end of the weekend, 20 20 games, than Anthony Rendon has done in probably three seasons with (laughs) us. Seriously. And so he has just come in and really been a fire starter for this team. And his home run actually helped the Angels to achieve a home run record. It was their 19th consecutive game on Friday that they hit a home run. And then he was followed by Trey Cabbage, who hit a huge mammoth home run in this game, 448 feet. And so I think Moustakis has really been uh, a great sneaky pickup by by GMPM, just the way that he went and got him. And there was a lot of questions about it, right? Like we even had some questions like, man, what can he bring to this team? Mm-hmm. He's brought solid defense. And Johnny, mm-hmm. he's brought a really good bat. And, you know, all the indicators would say that his bat's not going to be this fantastic until, you know, throughout the rest of the year. Sure. However, Moose is a guy who's streaky. And, and if this team is in it and they're in meaningful games, I can see him being the guy that carries this team. He's already got more home runs as an angel than he did all season with the Rockies too, which is really impressive. So one thing that I really like, Mike, we've talked about it already, but the fact that Moustakis was kind of the one to talk to the guys in the locker room and say, hey, we have to have each other's backs. We have to do this together. We have to be able to carry each other through this. I was really impressed by that. But what stuck with me 
was that it left an impression on Zach Neto, who yeah. also commented about how great it was to hear from Musakis in the locker room. And I think that's the key. I think him being there is great for guys like Neto and eventually Logan Ohapi when he comes back. Uh, just seeing these young guys be around a presence like Mike Moustakis, it's what's been missing, to be honest. And, yeah. and a guy at the end of his career who knows that he's expendable from a team like the Rockies um, coming in and making an impact, a positive one at that with the Angels, I think is uh, – Really excellent to see. So yeah. I, I'm thrilled that he's here. That and clean up for us. I love that. He hit a home run. I mentioned Trey Cabbage. And then Zach Neto, you mentioned him. He hit a home run. And then Taylor Ward had a home run. They had four in this game. And then yeah. bullpen shut it down, Johnny. And I, this is so funny. Ideally, a couple of years ago, we didn't have more in Estevas. But ideally, this is what it should be like from a couple of years ago. Aaron Luke comes in in the seventh inning and he gets out of the inning. And then Moore comes in and does his job in that inning. And then in the ninth inning, Estevez gets at the time his 22nd save. And it was a great start to this series. The, the bats were strong. The, the starting pitching wasn't as strong, although Shohei did push through. Bullpen came in and held it. And it was awesome to be able to get the first victory over the Pirates. Yeah, Friday night gave us some hope for this series. And we'll talk about the remaining two games. Don't forget that the Angels are starting the series against the Tigers in Detroit on Tuesday. That game is going to be 3.40 Pacific time, so it's going to be a bit of an earlier start than we're used to here on the West Coast. Now, again, I mentioned Shohei's not listed as one of the starters for the Detroit series because they're pushing him back to Friday where it's a more impactful game. The Blue Jays are ahead of us in the wild card. They got to beat those teams, and they have to put their best foot forward, and that includes putting Shohei on the mound. It is going to be Griffin Canning, Patrick Sandoval, and Chase Silseth versus the Tigers, the three pitchers who swept the Yankees. So yeah. hopefully they can continue that trend right this momentum. week. You can catch every pitch of the Angels Hometown Broadcast on SiriusXM with the SXM app. Just search Angels. And coming up on Locked on Angels, I'm going to tell you why Saturday's loss was Mike's fault. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Locked on Angels is brought to you by Sleeper. You want to win 100 times your money on daily fantasy baseball? Of course you do. And you can do that with the Sleeper app. Sleeper is now offering up to 100 times a payout in its eight-pick contest. You can choose as many as eight players that you like and then decide if they're going to underperform or overperform the, predict the, the predicted stats. So, Johnny, uh, will Mickey Moniak in the game on Tuesday against the Tigers, will he get two hits or more? He's got a hot streak going right now. He's got a He's got a hitting streak going. 14 games as of Sunday, so yeah. I'm saying yes, he's going to get two hits in this one. Will Estevez get a save in the series? Ooh, yes, definitely in the series. And then will Squid steal two bags in this series? Yeah, why not? Let him let him pinch run and get in there. I know Neto is going to be back hopefully on Tuesday, so we'll see some Squid on the base paths. I'm all right with that. Heck yeah. See, it's that easy. That's how you use the Sleeper app. It works really quickly. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less, and they are safe and fast, and the withdrawals are safe and fast on all payouts. Uh, download the Sleeper app today, and when you do, use our promo code Locked On at sign up, and you'll get an instant deposit match of up to $100. Check out Sleeper today. Thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. Lockdown Everydayers, join us tomorrow as we discuss what it would look like for the Angels to be buyers at the deadline. We have the off day today, so it gives us plenty of time to think about 
what the Angels would need to add, who they might add, and what it would take to trade away in order to get the pieces that they need. Uh, if if the Angels continue to do well and do well against the Tigers, who they're playing against to uh, tomorrow at 3.40 Pacific time, they might be in a position to buy. You can catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast on SiriusXM with the SXM app. Just search Angels. Saturday's game was like a fart in church, man. It stunk, and it was terrible, <laughs> and... And and I was there, and I hated it. And I, Johnny, I I hate bullpen games because the Angels, like historically, just haven't done well when it's a bullpen game. Well, they game. blew it against the Dodgers earlier yes. this year because and, and, they got played, they got outmatched and outmanaged by uh, Dave Roberts in that. Oh one. yeah, yeah. yeah. It just seems like, and it always seems like it's the no name guys. Like Bob Huggenkiss comes in and suddenly shuts <laughs> us down, right? Like. <laughs> Steve Footlick, or you know, like it's always these guys that never you know, do well everywhere there's else. A, there's a Pirates reliever who pitched on Sunday, Holderman, and I was like, "What a great bullpen name, Holderman!" <laughs> <laughs> he can only pitch in the eighth inning. He's got yeah, go right. Hold, He's got to right? get the hold. This game really boiled down to two big moments. First, the Angels had the bases loaded with nobody out in the fourth, <laughs> and then Thice hits a really hard line drive into a double play. And Taylor Ward gets taken out at second base as well. And John, I I was in right field. Yeah. We were at the game, my family and I, and and we had, you know, it's hard to see from right field because we're far away. But it didn't look like Taylor Ward froze on a line drive, which could, little league they teach you that, right? I could I could tell you what happened, Mike, because I saw it. We were having a date night on Saturday night, but we were at the place where I host karaoke and they had the game on, and we were there and I saw what happened. And you're completely right. When you are in Little League, they tell you to freeze on a line drive. Yeah. First of all, Taylor Ward's standing on second, and Mickey Moniak, Moniak's ahead of him at third base. And he is so far off the bag that he gets doubled off on that one because the second baseman catches it, throws it to short, double play, and then that's the Angels don't capitalize on a bases-loaded, no-out situation, right? right? But I'm also thinking Taylor... Where are you going to go? You have a runner in front of you yeah. who's not moving. Mickey Moniak is standing on third base. So why are you trying to move forward in this moment? And again, freeze on the line drive. Any little league coach will tell you that. Mike, I just, it, it, we talk about it all the time. Yes, I'm grateful for Taylor Ward and the offensive turnaround that he's been having lately. Super crucial on Friday night, especially you know, when the Angels had to score a lot in order to win that game. Super crucial. But it's the left field, outfield play. It's the stuff like this on the base paths. It's him thinking Jose Altuve is tossing him the ball just for fun, like last year right, and getting right. tagged out by Maldonado. Like, yeah. bro, where is your head at? I just, yeah. it, it's it's ridiculous to me. And that was just one of the more... Uh, improbable things I think I've seen uh, so far this season, but Taylor, I'm sure he's a great guy, Mike, but just sometimes <laughs> he just makes the worst decisions. On His the baseball instincts are just off. Yeah. Often, yeah. Right? And, and so that was, that was the first really like big opportunity. And then the game was just boring for the angels offensively for the rest <laughs> of the game. Then the ninth inning, suddenly the, the pirates closer comes in and, and he suddenly falls apart. Like the, the guy is, Really, really struggling. In fact, mm -hmm. I had some stats in front it, of me. Was it Bednar? It was Bednar. And, yeah. and he, John, he hadn't like walked a guy in a while and then just was not hitting the strike zone. So the Angels had the bases loaded with one out. Mustakas had struck out. Bases were loaded. And then Trey Cabbage comes up. 
And then Cabbage hits a ground ball right back to the pitcher. Yeah. And then it was an out at home, out at first base. The only the only consolation prize, if there is one there, is that at least Cabbage made contact and didn't strike out. Probably sure. would have better if he struck out because then we would have at least one more at one bat. Out, yeah. But, man, it would have been so nice to have him at least get some sort of line drive or make contact or go to left field. In fact, my son and I were watching and I told him, I said, man, if he goes to left field, look how far off the line he is. Mm-hmm. And, and it just looked like he got completely fooled. And so the angels were boring on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like they were really boring. They were lifeless and it put a lot of pressure on Reed Detmers, John and, and Detmers looked pretty good for Reed Detmers. And mm-hmm. he went five innings, six hits, two runs, two walks, nine K's through hundred pitches. He got really frustrated on a no call on Santana when Santana swung, they said that it actually wasn't a swing that he actually did hold up. And that cost Reed Detmers another 15 to 20 pitches. Yeah. It's, it's situations like that where it puts a lot of pressures pressure on the starter to be perfect, right? Because if your offense isn't coming through and, and to be honest, two runs through the five innings, I mean, that's, that's a decent line. It's not a great. You should be in the game. You should least, be in right? the game, right? And it yeah. just felt like the Angels. I mean, I know the final score was three nothing, but it just felt like the Angels were never in this one. And Reed Reed said afterward that that no call, no swing call, cost him about fifteen to twenty pitches. And I I get the frustration there, and I get that he probably felt like he had to be perfect in this one. I mean, I'm impressed with the nine Ks. I mean, he's yeah. striking his way through these guys, and and he's you know he's doing the tight wire. Uh, act er, the tightrope act and uh that's that's what it came down to for Reed Detmers is just trying to walk that fine line of being efficient but then you have calls go against you like that Mike I, I again I I said it in the first segment I think that we have great potential in our starters and they've shown that time and time again but it's a situation like that where you can let the frustration kind of overwhelm you yeah. um, and and cost you your pitch efficiency. Like I, I get it. And as a viewer at home and as a, as a, a fan of this team, I watch a swing call and I'm like, what the heck? That was a swing, you know? Yeah. And, and it's frustrating for us. I'm sure it's frustrating for him. But again, these are things that I think you brush off when you're a veteran, you brush off when you have maturity and you brush off when you have experience. Now I know that we talked about the angels and their, failure to cash in with the bases loaded, but you know why this game was boring in your words, being there as a fan <laughs> yeah. was that there was no Zach Neto and, right. and the fact right. that he, he had some back spasms. He wasn't in the lineup on Saturday or Sunday. However, it sounds like he'll be back tomorrow. Um, I'm just yeah. saying, yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm crossing my right. fingers. <laughs> yeah. No, and your toes and your eyes. Right. Yeah. Um, that, that's what they said. We'll right. See what happens there. Um, but he, yeah, it's without him in this lineup, you can see and feel the difference, can't you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And even even defensively, you can see and feel the difference. And I know that Velasquez had a really great play at short. He dove, slid through to first base, which is why he's in there. And mm-hmm. and and I loved how they were using Velasquez before Neto got hurt, like pinch running here and there in a defensive replacement, second base. I, yeah, I love that. And then stealing bags, I love that. That's who yeah. he should be. He's right. he's a lesser man's. Sean Figgins, like Sean Figgins could hit. He's <laughs> yes. a lesser, he's a lesser Sean Figgins, right? And and I love that. But when he's in there all the time, then it's then it's a mess. And then now we'll talk soon about Sunday's game and how he hit a home run. But <laughs> that, that's a, that's an anomaly, right? Here's the question I have for you, John. Why is this my fault? It's your fault because you didn't invite me to go with you. The oh. last 
the last time that we were at, we've been undefeated since we have gone to games together. So you go without me on a Saturday. Don't even tell me that you're going. And then they lose the game. So congratulations. This one's on you, Michael. saved my butt on Sunday and actually <laughs> um, got a win, which is great. They, yeah. they won two out of three. They won seven to five. John, I, I know that you called for Tyler Anderson's signing at the beginning of the year. We had a GM mm-hmm. episode and you called mm-hmm. for that. And, and we were all really excited about it. But what we're experiencing with Tyler Anderson is who he is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like last year with the Dodgers was a bit of an anomaly because who he was with the Rockies and who he is, is with us is, is the type of pitcher that he is. Now he had a so-so game. Like, oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, oh, okay. had, I right. think he had a great game. Honestly, okay. he had a ton of ground ball outs. Uh, the inherited runners were courtesy of Jacob Webb. Yeah. It, when, when he came in in the seventh, Anderson got through six innings pitch, had a ton of ground ball outs, five K's. There were eight hits. But that's who he is. He scatters hits. Yeah. And and the fact that he had five Ks, I think, was a plus here. But I don't think it was a bad outing by any means. Yeah. And and if you consider, you know, where Tyler Anderson is, and I don't even know where the rotation begins and ends anymore, right. honestly, with how much <laughs> these guys move around. But here's the thing. Like, this is a guy who is meant to eat innings. He's a guy who brings a veteran presence to the rotation that sorely needs it. Um I know he gave up that home run right away. Fortunately, Otani answered back with his 36th yeah. home run of the season. Yeah. Uh, league leading, continues to lead the league. But, Mike, there was a moment where I watched Tyler Anderson field a ball to his right and look to second and then throw it to first and get the out. And it was a, it ended up being a bang-bang play. Yeah. But, but here's what I notice about him. Even when he pitches, there's a, there's a calmness there okay right? there's a veteran presence here that other I'm, starters I, don't have you right. i'm not just trying to defend my signing for gm because no you are you you, <laughs> you know as much as i do that yeah. i've been frustrated with tyler anderson this yeah. season right but for what he is and has become i feel like yesterday was kind of one of his better outings you look at the line score it might not look like it but again i think it had everything to do with having him go back out in the seventh and then Jacob Webb needing to come in and clean that up. Maybe you just cut that off at six innings pitch, but yeah. he did have a low pitch count, so you kind of right. hope that he could get that seventh it inning. It made sense. I don't, yeah, I don't blame Phil Nevin for for bringing no. him out in the seventh. No, it made sense for him to come in. I I think I'm just really, as a fan, I, I'm not confident when he's in there. And and every I outing... Get that. You don't know what you're going to get. Exactly. And every outing, there's always been kind of a... A blow up. I remember we, when mm-hmm. we were at the Cubs game, right? And he mm-hmm. gave up like three or four runs in one inning, and then suddenly he was fantastic for six. And yeah. so that's and then the, the offense thing that, saves his butt. Like they yes, and, and yeah. that's the thing. They saved his butt again on Sunday. Now, the one thing that I will say to him that Angels have really struggled with doing is when the Angels scored and they took the lead, top of the third, Anderson responded with a shutdown inning. Mm-hmm. And and he did that a couple of times. You gotta put your foot on the throat of teams whether they're good or whether they're bad. And the Angels just haven't been able to do that, which is why they're floating around the 500 mark. Yeah, let me let me say, I, I looked this up earlier on Fangraphs. In the month of July, the Angels have what I believe is the second worst ERA. Angels pitching has the second worst ERA since the beginning of July with like a six. Hmm. But they're top five in OPS. 
So okay. the offense is just killing it. And the pitching has not been killing it. Now, I know those those games before the All-Star break really sunk their ERA, right? Yeah. But if you think about it, you've got this team who's really rising to the occasion offensively without the likes of Brandon Drury and Mike Trout and and even Rendon, I guess you could say. They're really rising to the occasion. Um, and, and we saw some good pitching against the Yankees this past week. But over the course of the month, the fact that the Angels are sitting with a six ERA versus the top five OPS in the league, it really shows you the 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 imbalance between the two sides. And yeah. that's kind of what we've run into. It's one yeah. that really drove me crazy. And it's driven me crazy all season. We've had viewers and listeners and callers all point this out about Matt Thice. It's just lobbing the ball back to the pitcher's mound like he's playing catch with his dad. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. And, and that cost them a run today. Right. And the fact that that's gone unaddressed even though we all see it, every single fan has witnessed Matt Thice and the way he throws the ball back to the mound. If the lowly Pirates can capitalize on that, Mike, imagine what a team like the Rays or the Orioles are going to do if yep. they can capitalize on lobbing throws like that. I mean, Ellie De La Cruz, he stole three bases from right. the Brewers, and Elvis Piquero was on the mound, and he stole home because yeah. there was they weren't paying attention. You run into that, with a hungry, fiery team like the Orioles or something, you're going to pay for that. And and that's what happened today is that Matt Theis really paid for that by doing that. Yeah. Renjifo hits uh, two home runs from both sides hey. of the plate. Lasquez gets a home run. Estevez gets its 23rd save and 23 chances. The question, Johnny, really is where does this team stand right now? So let me throw some quick stats at you. Hit me. If they win every series, which we've talked about, fans have talked about, they got to win series, right? If they win every series from here on out, including the four-game series, they have to win three of four. Mm-hmm. They would go forty-four and eighteen in the next right. sixty-two right. games. So they're let me game just let me, let me caveat by saying yeah. this is we're not saying this is going to happen. We're just saying <laughs> here is the mathematical yeah. equation yeah. for what they would need to do. So let me just yeah. say for the, all of the 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 optimistics out there, this is not what we're saying. We're saying here is the data and yeah. here is the math for this to happen. So yeah. Yes, so if they win every series, that's yes. 44 and 18, which right. would be a remarkable run. Of course that would give them 95 wins. Now that means that there's probably some room for some really bad series and some maybe dumb mistakes, right? So 39 wins in the next 62, get them to 90 wins. So they would have to go 39 and 23. That's still 16 games over 500, John. Yeah. That's not winning every series, but that's still going 16 games over 500. I did some of the math. They were at 41 and 33. So eight games over 500 at one point this year. If they do an eight game over 500 kind of run, like that's the team that they are, then that means they would finish at about 85 86 wins. Hmm. Are they in the playoffs with 85 or 86 wins? I don't know about 85 or 86. That that AL East is going to take all the wild card spots if if they continue to play that they're, the way that they're playing. I know the Rays and the Orioles are battling it out for first place over there, but there's just too many too too many good teams in the AL East to think that 85 is going to get it done. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a winning season, and that's. Woohoo, you know, but uh, I know the Rays got in with 86 wins last year, but that's a different Rays team than yeah. this year. Yeah. However, there's 62 games left and people rise, people fall. I mean, what was the what was the 
how many wins above second place were the Rays at one point, Mike? Wasn't it? Yeah. I, they started double, 30, 30 and nine, right? Yeah, it's, and, it was and double, double digit so, lead yeah. in the East. And, and now they're vying for first with the Orioles. So that's why you got to play all 162. And, and with 62 games left, you just, I mean, you're right. You just got to go out there and you got to win series. You got to do those things. And these numbers look a little unreachable, like 44 and 18 to get them 95 in my dreams, right? Yeah. Uh, getting to 90 wins, man, I know we've been saying it all along. I think if they're somewhere between 87 and 90, I think there's a chance that they could get in to the wild card scene. Uh, it, it concerns me. But as long as they continue to play good baseball and they have some hope back on the way with some of their players coming back, I, I, I'm going to enjoy the run. And like I said on our lockdown now, it's meaningful baseball. This actually matters right now, as opposed to not mattering at all, like it's felt in the last couple of years in July. Well, thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. Remember, the Angels play Tuesday against the Tigers at 3.40 Pacific time. You can catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Hey, give us a follow on Twitter or whatever it's called today. Uh, X uh, at Locked on Angels and at Super Halo Rose on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? We're going to talk about if the Angels are buyers. We talked about them being sellers on Friday. Let's talk about if they buy and who would they buy. That's tomorrow on Locked on Angels. Did you just say bye, bye, bye? <laughs> We're about to say bye, bye, bye. You got yes. nothing to say. You just laughed. All right, friends. <laughs> thanks for being here. Until tomorrow's show, my name is John and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike and that's my brother, John. We appreciate you tuning in and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.